We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome. To the Pat Mayo Experience Fantasy Football 2020 rankings update and all of the latest training camp news so we can overreact to everything. I mean, this is the most meaningful time of year when reporters are guessing things about people at practice after two days of practice. We got injuries, we got news, we have some updated situations and maybe some mid-round picks because everyone focuses on the first two rounds, first three rounds, you know, are you going zero RB? Are you drafting all the RBs? I mean, you're probably already made up that decision. And if you want to get more insight to that, like the rankings themselves, which are updated, by the way, hit the description of this video or podcast. You can find the entire Pat Mayo Experience 2020 Fantasy Football Rankings and Draft Kit. We go deep on strategy, player profiles, everything like that. Completely free down there. The links will just pass you around to where you need to go. Also, if you want to continue watching the Pat Mayo Experience on YouTube for the football season and everything else that we do, whether it be UFC picks, golf picks, football breakdowns, fantasy betting, DraftKings, and otherwise, you need to subscribe to the Mayo Media Network YouTube page. The link to that is in the description. That is where the Pat Mayo Experience will be during football season and beyond hopefully beyond if I make it through football season this time around. But if you're used to watching the Pat Mayo experience, uh, that is where you will find it going forward for in-season content. So please do me a favor and go subscribe to that now. Videos will be launching momentarily up on that channel. You don't want to miss out and be like, hey, where's the Pat Mayo experience? It's gone. Probably for better in your life because you won't have shitty picks anymore. But if you enjoyed the show, hey, Mayo Media Network, go subscribe right now. Remember to smash the like button to the video. And in the comment section, you tell me where you would rank AJ Green this year. Wide receiver, half point PPR. What receiver do you have him ranked as? And rate the audio podcast five stars, please. That would really help out the show. Joining me on the line, a guy who is going to be on the Pat Mayo experience every week during football seasons. We debate our rankings theathletic.com it's jake sealy what's up oh what's going on uh, you say the bad picks and I, all i see is these guys raking in the money in the golf 
the stuff that you've been doing. So I'm kind of jealous of them. It's been since the COVID hiatus has ended in golf, we've been making a lot of money. I now think <laughs> that I will donate it all back during football season because that's normally what I do. <laughs> I know I want to get involved, but I'm worried that I'm just going to curse you all your picks because like the three or four times I tried last year, I, w- I mean, I, I straight read everything you put out and two of my guys would always miss the cut all three or four times I played. Yeah, see, it's the outright betting winners that we're hitting, not necessarily the DraftKings stuff. Ah, see, I don't have that in Virginia, unfortunately. Yeah, hopefully. Go petition your congressman or senator. <laughs> and you can we're get- supposed to be getting a casino like 2022 or something, supposedly. Sweet. That'll be like 2040. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's ever been to Virginia, that's how things work around here, not to mention the government in general. So, yeah, it'll be a long time. All right, so we spoke last week. We updated the rankings. I don't really have many changes, uh, as no huge guys were injured, but I want to run through all of the training camp news that's happened uh, as of the recording of this. I mean, players are back to full pads and practices, and, like, everyone got hurt because that's what's going to happen. Especially these <laughs> No, so- Trubisky, number one quarterback. Didn't you see that sick throw that he had? <laughs> I had just, just like the Josh Allen and Sam. I like the Sam Darnold, like, Jets fans reacted really positively to the news. Like, J- Sam Darnold shreds the defense in practice. Like, yeah, because the Jets have, like, the shittiest defense in the league. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking, too, when I saw that with the Chris Herndon throw, right? Yeah, it was just like, oh, he's just tearing him up. I was like, oh, I would first of all hope that he could overtake his own defense, let alone with their half-running defenses anyway. Like, seriously? We do this every year, Pat. We, we sit there, and I say we as, like, the fantasy football world just because we're so excited for it. Like, I, I tweeted this out earlier. I said July 1st through August 15th, we're like, hey, remember, preseason, training camps, they don't mean that much. And then August 16th has, oh, my God, you see who's running with the ones? Did you see that catch he made? Oh, my God. This feels different to those only because we've had no preseason. We've had nothing. Guys are actually back at practice. We're getting news. It actually feels like football is here for the first time. Which that's good, yes. Yeah, it feels awesome. Like, I'm like getting super psyched for football season now, which I will not be psyched after like week two. And I'm like, I'm working like 90 (laughs) hour weeks. This is horrible. I just want to sit back and enjoy some fucking football. But either way, I know it's coming. I want to get to this news. Uh, And we got a ton of news items. If you hit the show description, you want to jump to the news item and hear us talk about it, then hey, feel free to go do that. Remember, smash the like button, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network as well. Item number one, AJ Green. Tweaked his hamstring during practice and watched the rest of the session from the sidelines. He sidelined again today. Also, T. He Higgins is sidelined with a hamstring <laughs> injury. What do you make about this with A.J. Green? Are you concerned at all? I'm not concerned. I, I'm actually not surprised or concerned with many of these injuries like hamstrings or calves or anything like lower half soft tissue type of stuff. Look, these guys, we, you just mentioned it. We've been waiting so long for these people to be able to be on the field, be able to practice, be with their teammates. They're starting to run, get out there. I mean, just look at baseball. And I think I think people are going to immediately think I'm, I'm going to get scary with it, but I'm not. But, like, look at all the injuries with the pitchers. Look at all the injuries with the hitters. Look at how many people are just getting hurt in baseball. But they had no preseason. It's essentially when they came back. They had a very quick turnaround to get back, ramped up. It wasn't a full spring training. And now people are getting hurt. We still have plenty of time. This is, you know, this would be preseason for the NFL. There's still three and a half more weeks to go. They're holding them out as precautions. Like this just kind of happens. This is why the preseason, what, like why some of the NFL was pushing back. Like even some of the players were saying like, at least give us a game or two. It's not, they want paychecks from the preseason. It's just, there needs to be that ramp up of, Hey, I've been working out on the side, but it's a lot different when you start running. If anybody's played a sport, you know, it's different that you always forget about like how it feels to have your hips or anything like that. So 
I'm not worried about AJ Green. T. Higgins is a different story. Like has his has nothing to do with injury. I was just kind of off on him as a rookie in general. So if let's say there is a world out there where Higgins is just kind of out for a while and you know he's a second round pick. We don't know what his role was going to be anyway. We had kind of written him off for this year as a fantasy contributor. Does that mean Auden Tate steps in? Because Tyler Boyd, I would guess, remains relatively unaffected by any of this. His role is going to be his role. I would guess Auden Tate's the next man up. Uh, does this mean more targets potentially for CJ Secret of the Uzuma? Or who the hell is their other guy? Uh, Drew Sample? John Ross. John Ross. You're forgetting it, John Ross. So it'd be John. Like, isn't John Ross like. Isn't he on like the COVID protocol right now? Uh, I don't know if he is or if he's not, but I don't think that. Hell no. Here, I'll, I'll check real quick. I'm pretty sure John Ross is fine. I thought that was a few weeks ago, and now he's back. Now, see, the, the mood, news moves so quickly with all of this stuff. I, I would guess. Uh, let's find out. I, I would think it would be. Oh, he left. That's what it was. He left to take, take, take care of his son after uh, he tested. His son tested positive for COVID. So that was um, that was a week ago. So I, I, John Ross is fine. Assumingly, he's like, that's going to be weird. Is he let back immediately or does he have to go through the testing because his son had that's going to be weird. So I guess, yeah, let's, let's assume John Ross isn't back until the end of preseason. So yes, I think the next one up would be Auden Tate, but I, I don't know if that I'm going to get very interested in anybody on this team. I think it would just be assuming AJ Green's fine. Tyler Boyd's fine. Then it'll be Joe Mixon's maybe seeing finally some more work in the passing game. You mentioned Uzma as the tight end. I think that's really all we need to be concerned with. It kind of feels like the Seahawks. You, you don't really want to mess with the third wide receiver. Uh, for AJ Green right now, would you go AJ Green or Tyler Boyd in drafts? I would go AJ Green, but it's closer than some people might think. Actually, I could just tell you, I have him 26 and 31. Would you go... Stefan Diggs or AJ Green? I would still go AJ Green. I understand the concerns of the health. Here's the thing at 26, I think, I, I don't know, I might have made the joke to you before, but it's not even a joke. It's just true. I feel like AJ Green at 26 is either going to be too high or too low. Like, that's not going to be his final ranking. Like, I just don't see a season where he plays 16 games and he puts up wide receiver 26 numbers. It's like he plays a full season, he's 90% of what he used to be, and he's wide receiver 14 or he plays 16 games, and I'm not even saying missing time for injury. He plays 16 games, and he's just not the guy we used to know. He barely played over the past two seasons, and he finishes his wide receiver 40. So I kind of feel like 26 is just the middle ground between the two, and that it bakes in some of the risk. So I would still take A.J. Green, but if you wanted to go Diggs, Diggs is definitely the safer route, even playing with Josh Allen. Uh, I would go with Stefan Diggs there. I think his ceiling's actually higher. I think people are sleeping on Diggs, Josh Allen, two Diggs, the combo. Could be looking real. No, nice. I think. I think. Listen, if Sam, if, if, if Sam, if Sam Darnold can rip up the Jets D, what are Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs gonna do? <laughs> do you remember what Josh Allen threw for last year? In terms of what, like percentage-wise, yardage? No, yardage and touchdowns. It's three thousand and change and twenty touchdowns. He has to make a big jump. Yeah, now he has to. to now like, he did, yeah, he had Cole Beasley, Dawson. He is the one who knocks, and John he had Brown. John Brown. Now he has Stefan Diggs, who's like a legit top ten talent in the league. How many more touchdowns and yards are you going to give Josh Allen just because of Stefan Diggs? Now, 503. Mm, that's a little aggressive, I think. I see. I don't think so. I think I want to be aggressive with someone like Stefan Diggs. Everyone's hey, down on him. Fine. I will take the upside. That's fine. I was just going off the what your statement was is the fact that I don't see Stefan Diggs having a higher ceiling. Like, I think if you get peak AJ Green and peak Stefan Diggs, it's still it, peak AJ Green is still better than Stefan Diggs. 
Oh, I don't know about that. I think Diggs is ready to be unleashed. We'll see about that, though. Would you go A.J. Green or Cortland Sutton? Because I would actually take A.J. Green in this spot. I would take Sutton. I think Sutton's getting too much hate. Okay, Marvin. Everybody's just looking Mar- for reasons. To push Marvin J. Yeah, we don't need the extra. You just pick the fucking guy. You got Marvin Jones or AJ Green. You just gave Green. me extra. <laughs> Marvin Jones or AJ Green. AJ Green, but I don't care if you want to go with Marvin Jones, especially oh. now that that Hawkinson news. Yeah, I would go with Marvin Jones in the spot. All right, next news item: DeAndre Hopkins has missed the Cardinals' last two practices with a hamstring injury. Uh, again, this is one of these, he's coming in cold, running at full speed, tweaks his hamstring a yep. little bit. Any worries? No, it's just the same thing. It's just the A.J. Green news, and I'm even less concerned, even though he's switching teams, I'm less concerned that it comes to A.J. Green, because A.J. Green has the injury history over the past two years. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be, I'm slightly higher than you are on him, but I, I don't still have him inside my top three or four, but, or wait, or was it reversed? You still have him? I forget. Who's higher on him? You are. Am I? Yeah. Okay, so I have DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver five. I'm not moving him. Yeah, I have him at wide receiver seven or eight, I believe. Uh, I have him in like that that back. I have him in that like mix with like Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Chris Godwin, like that tier of receiver. I don't have him on the elevated tier, obviously with Adams and Thomas and Julio, like that type of guy. Uh, Next, I would actually agree with you. But he starts the next tier for me. Yeah, okay. I have him in the middle of that tier. We got some some Browns news. Kevin Stefanski has confirmed that Nick Chubb is in the league's concussion protocol already. He also said that Jarvis Landry is, quote, progressing nicely in return from the pup before the start of practice, and he looks ahead of his six- to eight-month timetable that he was given in February for his hip problem. They're hoping he's going to be ready for week one. Uh, Are you dropping Chubb at all because of this news? No, not at all. If anything, this just keeps Nick Chubb from suffering a leg injury in practice. I like, I just don't want to see his ankle busted up or anything like that. I, I'm fine with Nick Chubb. They already said that he'll clear way before the season starts. And like I said, if anything, I'd rather running backs sit out. Like running backs, I'm not that concerned with, especially running backs on their same team that aren't even rookies or switch teams or anything like that. So no concern there. Uh, I mean, I was more down on Chubb anyway because I think that's going to be a 60-40 split with Kareem Hunt. Uh, Obviously, he'll get all the goal line touches but do absolutely nothing in the passing game. So I think that keeps him away from, like, the guys that you want to take in the first round. I have him as, like, 17th overall, which means I'm just not getting any Nick Chubb. Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. But Jarvis Landry, I had ranked as if he was going to play by, like, week two if he plays in week one. Even bigger bonus for me. I really like Jarvis Landry this year. Yeah, I think Jarvis Landry is a perfect wide receiver three. And yeah. that's what it usually is. And he's got the upside where he usually ends up finishing as a wide receiver two. It's just he's that consistent. He's going to get you 11, 15, 12, maybe a nine or eight here or there. But it's always in that. It's basically Le'Veon Bell of wide receivers where, though, Le'Veon Bell looks like he could take an even step further back this year. Jarvis Landry just continues to do that every single week. He's just that consistent. You plug him in and you can just feel good about those numbers every single week. I would tend to agree. All right, next one. Doug Peterson, Doug the Pug Peterson, said that Miles Sanders would be, quote, the guy in the Philadelphia backfield this season. Does that hurt our shares of Boston Scott? Or do we think this is going to be, like, would you go 85-15, 80-20, 75-25? Like, what's the split that you think happens for Miles Sanders here? I would say... 80 15 and then five somebody else uh, I, I do or maybe even 75 miles sanders i think look somebody asked me in the column they're like you have miles sanders at number what do i have seven it's like why so high i'm like well from the middle point of last year through the end of the season 
he was RB6. So it was actually one spot behind that. And that's with what Boston Scott did towards the end of the year. That's with everything that was going on now. Of course, we hope their passing game is better. But the thing is about Doug Peterson is he hasn't had a Miles Sanders for all these years. Like we keep saying, he doesn't use a bell count. And that's true because he's never really had somebody of Miles Sanders' talent. But he did towards the end of last year. And he still had his new Darren Sproles in Boston Scott. Like you said, I, I still am with you. I think we've been talking about him a lot is basically like that James White PPR RB3 value, and that's very valuable. I don't think he's going to go away either, but that doesn't hurt Miles Sanders because he was doing that with him towards the end of the year. I think, if anything, the biggest concern you have in the passing game is hurting Boston Scott. So I'm still – Miles Sanders still solidly inside my top ten. Miles Sanders or Derrick Henry? Well, I'd still go Derrick Henry, but, I mean, I, I just I think Derrick Henry's getting too much hate. Like, deal. here's the only argument against Derrick Henry. He gets hurt. That's the only argument against him. I mean that, and he doesn't do anything in the receiving game, which I'm not too concerned about because he more Who than cares? makes up, he more than makes up for it, uh, in the other aspects of fantasy football. So it's not that he, big. Of a and deal. he might this year because Darrington Evans is already fumbling the ball through practice. Yeah, but it's not like he was coming off the field anyway. It's not like it's not like when Lafleur was there and there was like always a 65-35 with Deion Lewis. Like last year, it was just Eric Henry, and they still didn't. No, but there were there were occasional it, it, basically. Just give him, can we get like Derrick Henry, maybe like just two targets a game, maybe yeah. three, just, I mean, if he catches one of those as he does in like that flat and just starts running, I mean, half the time when he catches one, he goes 40 yards. And it's just a different element to your offense too. You can sneak that by. I just doubt that that's probably something they'll want to hide for a bit and then go to it if they need to. Would you go Miles Sanders or Joe Mixon? Miles Sanders. Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders. Dalvin Cook or Miles Sanders? Dalvin Cook. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Miles Sanders? Uh, I want both. Uh, I wow. have them back-to-back. I have Miles Sanders one spot one spot in front of him. Just it, Here's the argument. Somebody asked – that's another one. Somebody asked me, like, you love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. How do you have Miles Sanders in front of him? Miles Sanders proved it. He's just done it. Yeah, and he is somebody – as much as I keep saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't need to be a bell cow to be productive and have top five upside, similar to Jamal Charles in his heydays, like how many times did Jamal Charles carry, carry the ball 20 times? It wasn't that frequently. All that being said, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a rookie. He hasn't shown it to us yet, which I mean, I'm not using the argument. He hasn't played it down in the NFL. I hate that argument. But we know what Miles Sanders is. We just saw what Miles Sanders is, and we know he's going to get that use. All the questions of the upside for Edwards-Hilaire have been taken out for Miles Sanders, and that's why I, would, that's why I have one spot in front of Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, in my overall rankings, I have Devontae Adams at six, Derrick Henry, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Dalvin Cook, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Julio Jones, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette. That's how my— You're too low on Cook. Okay. And then I won't draft Dalvin <laughs> Cook. I can still win without Dalvin Cook. Trust me. <laughs> uh, next— yeah, that's fine. Next news item. Demir Bird, the Coco Beware of the NFL, the Birdman, is looking, he's the most consistently flashing early in Patriots camp. Now, he was a former Panther, so he does have a connection with Cam Newton. Uh, also, Jeff Howe reports that Sony Michelle and his foot uh, is no sure thing to be ready for week one. And that second year running back, Damian Harris, is getting a, quote, heavy workload early in camp. Would this make you want to draft Demir Bird? Because the answer is probably no. It's no, it's no, it's not. We need Nikhil Harry to be hurt or completely out of the equation. 
Uh, same thing with Julian Edelman and Julian Edelman stay there. And like what all of a sudden, like Muhammad Sanu looks fine. It's because it's Muhammad Sanu. Like, what do you think? Muhammad Sanu is out there giving 150% to try and make the roster. Muhammad Sanu might be the second best wide receiver on this team behind Edelman and past Nikhil Harry. Heck, yeah, I mean, with the way that Julian Edelman looked at times last year, Sanu might be better than him at this point in their careers. Like the Demir Bird brings an element, I will say. He brings that deep speed threat, but that's as a wide receiver four. We see a lot of teams have that as their what? Now I'm talking fantasy. I'm just talking about as a number four on an NFL team. He'll be out there. He'll be on the team. He'll be relevant for like one or two DK weeks, which is that's probably where your appeal comes from. Uh, but no, the, the news that I'm most interested in here, again, is Damian Harris, who I continue to say was a good late round dart throw. Everybody cooled off when they signed Lamar Miller. Uh, but Lamar Miller, I mean, he might not be healthy for week one. Like, it's a weird signing. Like, I don't know why they did that without the other options that are out there. But I mean, I think that Damian Harris is still worth taking a 14th rounder on. Damian Harris currently in drafts in the past week is going at ADP 161, as high as 106, as low as 229. I, I'm with you. Like, he's one of my targets of guys that could be the starter on their team uh, in the later rounds, which you just don't really find anywhere in drafts. No, you don't. And that's, I, I go back to what you and I talked about in your last show. And I said, everybody last year was scared for Sony Michelle's value because they drafted Damien Harris. Damien Harris got hurt basically essentially was a non-factor for his entire rookie season, mostly because he was so far behind. And then you're not getting Bill trust that easy, but, People were scared for Sony Michelle because of Harris's talent. And now Harris is, Harris is back in 100%. That's a lot to say. Harris is, uh, he's back in 100% right now. He looks like the best health option right now in that backfield outside of James White. Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy. I keep forgetting that he's their head coach. I got to get my football <laughs> brain back turned on. I was like, oh, yeah, they fired Jason Garrett. That makes more sense. Uh, so yeah, he's off coaching Daniel Jones now. Yeah, he's running laps. Uh, Joe Judge Judy is making him run laps down there. Uh, coaches and players if they screw up. But Mike McCarthy said that CD Lamb is going to line up on the outside as well as in the slot. Can you rank the Dallas wide receivers for me for fantasy this year? <laughs> I would say yes, but I, I have not a lot of confidence in it. I would go Cooper, then I would go Gallup, and then I would go Lamb. Uh, if you told me at the end of the season Lamb was the best one, I'd be mildly shocked. If you told me that you know, Amari Cooper was the worst and Lamb was second and Gallup was number one, I'd be less than, you know, I'd be slightly shocked. It's just, I think all of them are great options. I kind of have been steering away from this to what I've told you before buy the cake, not the icy. And I'm buying Dak Prescott. And I'm not trying to screw around with these wide receivers because of the cost. Amari Cooper's cost is still at wide receiver one. He could easily fall to number two. He could be wildly inconsistent, even more so than he already was last year. Gallup could take a step forward, but still be inconsistent because you're bringing in a talent like Lamb. Talent like Lamb, like if you said, you know, the Broncos drafted Lamb instead of Judy, we'd be having the conversations about Lamb that people are having about Judy and being worried about Carlton Sutton and like, what is Judy going to do because he's so good? Like that type of talent coming to this team, somebody's going to get left out every single week. Somebody's going to get left out in the season. You can't have all three of those. The excitement for Blake Jarwin, Zeke getting his share of the backfield. Like, what is Dak going to throw the ball 700 times? It's just not going to happen. Uh, right now, C.D. Lamb has an ADP of 90 over the past week. Where's, My, where's Michael Gallup? Gallup has an ADP of 72, and Amari Cooper has an ADP of 37. I think yeah, of those. No I think of those three, I, I like the 72 tag on Michael. Gallup. I do like. Yeah, I was gonna say I like Gallup there. He's basically falling into the seventh round. 
which I'm surprised he like it's all the CD Lamb effect, obviously, of him being. Oh yeah, because before the NFL draft, if you were doing the way early drafts and the best balls and stuff like that, Gallup was going in like the fifth round. He was going as a one of the top. I would say he was going inside the top eighteen at least for wide receivers. Bill O'Brien at Texans practice said it shouldn't be too much longer <laughs> before Kenny Stills is available to practice. Now we've been drafting Randall Cobb, you and I, uh, only because. He's pretty good, for one thing, and he's not as old as people may think that he is. And then you have Brendan Cooks, and then you have Will Fuller, guys that are perpetually banged up, and that all of a sudden a huge market share could just go to Randall Cobb. Does the same idea apply to Kenny Stills? Yeah, I, I'm completely off of Kenny Stills. I thought <laughs> I didn't even know what the report was. I thought you were going to finish the sentence with, say, available for trade uh, because it's Bill O'Brien. But when it comes to Randall Cobb, take Kenny Stills, take Brendan Cooks, take Will Fuller. What is the one dimension of their game? That they don't have it's randall cobb randall cobb's role is set randall cobb is something deshaun watson has looked for time and again it's why kiki qt was a thing for a while he likes the over the middle he likes the safety valve he likes the guy that can sometimes get especially that offensive line the guy that can break free quicker and sometimes those are routes outside when you have speed like fuller and brandon cooks but Again, you and I keep drafting him because I think there's a better than I mean better than zero chance is what people like to say. I think there's a better than a 33% chance that Randall Cobb leads this team in receptions because again, his role is not filled by any of those other three wide receivers. Broncos news. This is a fun one. And I, it just it plays to what I thought already. So I, I'm not changing my rank because I have Melvin Gordon very low. But Broncos running back Melvin Gordon said he's having a hard time adjusting to the altitude in Denver in his first training camp with the team. Also, Philip Lindsay has apparently added 10 pounds of muscle this offseason. And just for you, Deshaun Hamilton, your guy, <laughs> has been repped with first team offense at training camp so far. Uh, first team reps. Yeah, like uh, first, I'm taking that. I would love Deshaun Hamilton to still be a thing. You know that. But they drafted Jerry Judy. Uh, even even if there wasn't the KJ Hamler, like which uh, people are going bananas over that one play in practice again against his own teammate. Uh, but if even not KJ Hamler was there, like Deshaun Hamilton would be the slot third option at best. And, you know, that pains me as a fan of his. But that's an aside. The Melvin Gordon thing, I don't care about the altitude. He'll adjust at time or whatever it is. Melvin Gordon. The excitement for him, I didn't really ever get. I've had him as a low-end RB2 this entire time. It's funny that everybody talks about, like, the metric people, and they always want to say, well, if you look at his yards after contact, running, he's running between the tackles, it's all kind of pedestrian, he's in the middle of the pack, he's good but not great. But, and then they sign him and bring him in, and, and what Philip Lindsay has done the past two years, and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, it's all Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay's not going to be a factor. And like you said, it's happy because we've talked about it, you and I, I think that Melvin Gordon deserves to be a low-end RB2, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 55-45 every single week. And some of the weeks, Phil Lindsay's going to have the better game. Philip Lindsay currently is ADP 96, Melvin Gordon 27. Yep. Uh, give me all I have of the Philip so much Lindsay, Lindsay. Yep, I have so much of him on all my teams, and I have zero of Gordon so far. Yeah, I have. Well, he's ADP 27 right now in my overall rankings. I believe I have him at number 49. So no chance I'm ending up with old Mel. I mean, I have here. Melvin Gordon. You said 27 overall? 27 overall, yeah, is where he's going. Oh, God. I have him at 22 for running backs alone. <laughs> so here are the guys that he's going around in overall drafts right now. So on the list, it's Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette. That's really low for Leonard Fournette. Like, Leonard Fournette's a better running back than all of those guys for fantasy. 
I would take Leonard. Uh, see, I'm I'm legitimately concerned. Well, you and I have talked about Leonard Fournette. Uh, I have Leonard Fournette at 18. I'm right behind Gurley and Connor, but not that low when we talk about Melvin Gordon. But all those wide receivers, I would take all of them before. T- and that's the big thing, too. We talk about roster construction a lot on your show. The reason I'm out on Melvin Gordon, too, is just because I'm usually drafting wide receiver at that point because I make sure to get a running back in the first two rounds, if not two running backs. So by the time Melvin Gordon is coming off the board, I'm drafting wide receivers anyway because you just mentioned all the names he's going by, and I'm taking all of those wide receivers before I take. Even if I already have a wide receiver, I'd still take another before I took Melvin Gordon as my, as my two there. I don't know if this actually qualifies as news, but Peter King, quote, guesses that O.J. Howard, then Cameron Brait, and then Rob Gronkowski. That'll be the total snap order for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, despite the fact that Gronk is still going inside the top 10 at tight end. Uh, maybe you just don't want any of these tight ends? Uh, look, I understand where he's coming from. I, if I am picking any of them, it's Gronk. It's not even a question for in touchdowns, my mind. Though. That, that, it, it's all the touchdowns. Like, even if he plays the limited snaps, guarantee you his right. snaps are coming on from like the 10-yard line in. And that was exactly going to be my point is, first of all, like, like we talk about a lot of times, too, when it talk about snap counts for tight ends and you want somebody to be out there. And then you look at the flip side of it is actually O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray are the perfect example before Gronk was even there. We talked about it all the time is like the snap counts are similar. O.J. Howard's out there a lot, but O.J. Howard's asked to block. Cameron Bray is running routes when Gronkowski's on the field. He's going to be on the field to run routes and be a target for Tom Brady. Additionally, what you just said inside the five, inside the ten end zone specific targets like i would still taking gronk i yeah of course there's a lot of risk but there i don't think the risk has to do with worrying about the snap count of the tight ends i think the worry is just what is gronk but i almost feel better that he took off what was almost like two years now at this point i like he was playing through so many injuries towards the end that if gronk is just 90 percent, but 100 percent healthy and 90 percent of what he used to be He's still going to be a top 10, 12 tight end at worst. And I think that he lost the WWE like anywhere title. So he's no longer in danger. Oh, yeah, that was like, a long time ago. He, he finally I, well, gave I, I was initially worried that he'd be like running open to the end zone. Then all of a sudden, like, boom, John Cena out of the stands, just tackling him. But John Cena is basically retired at this. It would be our truth at this point. Don't know who that is, but we'll continue <laughs> to stick with the Bucks here. Bruce Arian says that Justin Watson is making a big waddy making a push to be the number three receiver in Tampa and that Chris Godwin would potentially just remain in the slot, uh, Julian Edelman style in this Bucks offense. I continue to think that Godwin is probably the most viable play on the Buccaneers by a pretty huge margin. I'm not as big on the Bucks as everyone else is, but if people are buying in to how great this offense is going to be, I mean, why wouldn't you want Justin Watson wide receiver three? Because I don't know that you're going to see a lot of three wide. That's my concern. I think that you're going to see... To go back to the Patriots, remember Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez days? I no. think you're going to see. I, I've some actually, of that I, I, met, I met in black that out of my life. I, they were someone was like Aaron Hernandez, and then that was it. <laughs> Fair enough, uh, but I think that we could see like a lot of that kind of offense, a lot of twelve, and I think that not necessarily maybe their base set, but I think a lot of it. And I don't, I don't know how much three wide we're going to see where it's just the now we're talking snap counts do matter when we talk about wide receivers. I don't think this is going to be like the Rams or anybody like that. Or actually the Rams, we know they changed towards the end of the year. And that's a perfect example of a concern there. Like towards the end of the year, Cooper cup started coming off the field, switching out with Josh Reynolds and they're running a lot of two tight ends. And then Everett got hurt and it kind of switched back a little bit. But the point being here is who's the four best options on the team. It's obviously Dylon, 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 and Dylon. Cause they spit on fire. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Watson's still battling. Like everybody was all. Remember the draft, the NFL draft. Remember people going bananas when they drafted Tyler Johnson. Like, can we chill out? Like, first of all, he has to beat him. Scotty Miller's still in the mix. If somebody wins the number three role, maybe in a deeper league, and I'm talking more than 16 rounds, I'll take a flyer. But I just, I honestly don't think the third wide receiver is going to have that much value. Uh, would you take Ronald Jones or Keyshawn Vaughn right now if you were drafting? I would take Ronald Jones. So. One of the things, like Bruce Harris has lied to us before. Ron, There's no and, question. Well, there. How about this? Ronald Jones, ADP 61 right now. And Keyshawn Vaughn is 111. Do you think that there's that big of a 50 draft spots of a gap between them? Uh, I think there could be. Okay. I wouldn't, I like as of today, I wouldn't draft them that far apart, but I don't, I do see where Keyshawn Vaughn is very. Like almost, not, I don't want to say insignificant, but rarely used as a rookie uh, because his biggest skill is the passing game and pass blocking. But if Ronald Jones has taken a step forward at all, like he's been saying, he's been working every single day to get better there. LaShawn McCoy, not always the best pass blocker, but he's possibly better than like a, what they've been dealing with last year. And that being Ronald Jones. And then Ogumba Wally still, despite being kind of a journeyman before last year is still in the mix. It's just, I could see where Vaughn gets completely left out as a rookie. But to your point, I think that Vaughn's still worth taking a little bit earlier. All right, so I got some Jets news. Bunch of Jets news, actually. <laughs> Did I as, sign off for Tim to come on? And, and Yeah, it's not even just Sam Darnold. Kind of hits open receivers against no defense. <laughs> not even like, like, same as the Josh Allen clips. Like, they're still overthrowing guys and no one's around them. But the Jets' <laughs> offensive quote, plan if there is a plan is to lessen levy on bell's workload by utilizing more frank gore that sounds like a success uh, jets wide receiver vincent smith one of the best ways you could ever spell vincent will undergo core muscle surgery denzel mims mimsy is already out with a hamstring problem so they had to sign chris hogan and you know when you're in like season 13 of your madden like you start off your franchise and you're into like season 13. They start giving you random draft picks. Apparently yeah. the Jets have someone named Jeff Smith on their team, who I assume is like, that's your seventh round pick in year 13 at Madden. I can't see that. Actually, uh, look, I'm not going to lie. I had to look up Jeff Smith. I, I did not cover him for any of my rookie prospect drafts for over the past couple of years. And I didn't know who Jeff Smith was. Um, but all that being said, I think nobody really has to worry about Jeff Smith. They're just they're depth signings at this point. I, I was actually surprised anybody was still interested in Chris Hogan. Like I kind of thought he was done career wise. Man, seven, uh, but they just tell he's seven eleven. He, he's open twenty four seven. Come on. Now. <laughs> but like this is good news for Crowder and Herndon, right? And Perriman, I guess. It's, I would say yeah, Perriman, uh, Crowder and Perriman. Like Perriman is coming in, and he's uh, Robbie Anderson for this team now. And I'm not saying that he's going to have that success we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, with but Brashad Perriman is like secret seventy four years old. <laughs> are we still going off that one picture from like five years ago yeah when he was that 22 one... and had no hairline yeah it started back here with yeah, the... <laughs> yeah he's he's greg odin he's like secret 20 he's like a cuban <laughs> baseball player that's certainly oh that was uh, el duque orlando hernandez they came out and found out he was actually like five years older than what he said yeah, same, he as Mi- same as miguel tejada oh yeah i forgot the whole... yeah him too wow uh in any case like it's what we've been saying about Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder is for everybody that loves Terry McLaurin. 
Jamison Crowder is essentially the same thing if he plays 16 games because it's a questionable offense. It's a questionable passing game. It's questionable quarterback play, despite all the Jets fans wanting to rant and rave about how good Sam Darnold looks. But it's the number one in targets, and he plays the. they both play a very similar game. Brashard Perriman will have value, but the good thing about this is that, you know, Brashard Perriman might be able to open things up more than Steve Sims, who's kind of small for, for the, I was almost said the old name, but the football team. And then, I mean, it doesn't even sound like Antonio Gandy Golds in the starting lineup right now. It's, um, who they say? Oh, Dontrell Inman. We're, we're so, gonna get. We're gonna get to them. They're next on the oh, news. Sorry, items. I didn't know. I didn't know that was on the list. I was just throwing it out for comparison to the Jets. All right. Well, let's get to that news item then. So we have a few Washington Footballs items. So the Washington Footballs have activated QB Alex Smith from the Pup List. I actually like love to see Alex Smith make a comeback. It'd be a great story. Also, Ian Rappaport reports that Bryce Love, brother Love, is looking quote, really good <laughs> training camp and should be a factor in the Washington football's backfield. And then Steve Sims and Dontrell Edmond are working alongside Scorin McLaurin as the football's starting wide receivers in Tuesday's practice. Also of note, Antonio Gibson, quote, could fill the role, end quote, that Washington <laughs> had planned for Darius Geis. I don't see that whatsoever. I don't see it to that volume because what they had planned for Darius Geis was to be their bell cow, to be their answer at running back and get 20 touches every single game because of the talent he had. Uh, that was the plan. Tony Gibson will never step into that. Uh, and Bryce Love, I wonder if he looks like Christian McCaffrey. I, I'm assuming that he does to this team because they had like seven players that look like Christian McCaffrey out there. You know my fondness of Bryce Love. Let's let's pull back the curtain here on this whole like draft process and let's go back two years. If Bryce Love came out of Stanford before he got hurt, didn't return for his final season, he would have been a first-round pick, or it was rumored to be a first-round pick. Then he gets hurt, so he slides down, and Washington drafts him last year while hurt with the plans for him to be the new Chris Thompson. Well, that's a different regime, so I can be on Bryce Love, but also be concerned that you know maybe Ron Rivera doesn't care because he doesn't have any ties to him. He is the one that drafted Antonio Gibson. He is the one that signed Peyton Barber. So uh, I think that Bryce Love could have some upside, and I would definitely take a chance on him in super deep leagues, but I don't know if – as much as I like the guy, uh, I don't even know if I draft him in the standard 16-team league. Uh, I think the real role here is Antonio Gibson, but it's going to be involved with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's going to be basically, I think, kind of like what we saw from Frank Gore last year. Yeah, Adrian Peterson right now is going as pick 145. That's 40 spots behind Antonio Gibson. So Adrian Peterson, probably the play here. Steve Sims is going 197. I wouldn't hate a roll of the dice on Steve Sims. Like, if that's your last-round pick, I think you could do worse. I have a lot of Steve Sims. It, like Steve Sims played well towards the end of last year too, when Dwayne Haskins started to turn the corner a little bit. And but what if it's Alex Smith their... now? I will see. I'm conflicted because I, I believe in Dwayne Haskins and I want to take a step forward at the same time. The Alex Smith revival career story would just be amazing. So um, maybe Alex Smith can end up somewhere else. Maybe someone, somebody else's quarterback can get hurt and he can kind of pull like a Ryan Tannehill last year, but let, like get traded for it. Um, but in any case. Steve Sims will have value. Steve Sims is the number two. Not everybody's team is constructed where you have a big outside threat like Antonio Gandy-Golden to be their number two. Uh, I'm not that worried about Inman. We've seen Inman attempted at times. Inman, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Inman out of the league and then the Chargers brought him back after all their injuries last year? I just remember playing him at $3,000 on DraftKings when he was on the Colts last year. Maybe that was two years Or maybe ago. that's what it was. He was yeah, off was the Chargers years. and out of the league and then the Colts brought him back. I feel, I, don't know. I, I, feel I feel like, like every gone. year he just pops up and he's on a team and he's like somehow the number one receiver. <laughs> but I feel everyone's like hurt on a team. 
and, and exactly. But I feel like it's always he's on the street and like somebody brings him back into the league. That's what I feel like. Somebody in the comments will correct us. I mean, you can read those. You, everyone knows that I don't read those. <laughs> Subscribe to Mayo Media Network uh, in the description of this video and podcast, the new YouTube channel that will have the Pat Mayo experience on it. Uh, maybe I'll read the comments over there. Who knows? Uh, once videos start going up. But sub now. Don't forget. You don't want to miss out. Be like, Dad, where's the Pat Mayo experience? I remember Pat <laughs> told me somewhere else, but now I forget. Maybe it doesn't exist anymore. These are the types of things that I'm expecting to hear in like two weeks' time. 49ers news. Kyle Shanahan Oh, I found the answer. What? Do you you want the answer? Yes. On Inman? So he was signed by the Patriots, released before the season started, then signed with the Chargers. They let him go on November 25th after being put on the injury reserve on October 2nd, but came back to the Colts on December 10th somehow. So we were all After being on the injury reserve. (laughs) Yeah, so it did work. It was both of them. All right. 49ers news. Shanahan says that Debo Samuel and his foot have a chance of playing in week one, but, quote, don't count on it. I'm not going to count on that. So beyond that, Jalen, you heard, probably out for the season with an ACL tear. So he's off the board. That sucks. The Mercury News says that Trent Taylor is going to be the 49ers' number one slot option. Um, which might make him a more valuable commodity than Brandon Ayuk at this point. And the order of the 49ers running back rotation at the first practice was Mostart, <laughs> Colonel Mostart, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, and Jamichael Hasty. They've also signed Tavon Austin and J.J. Nelson. Lots going on in San Francisco right now. <laughs> Too much going on. Uh, I, I joked about this on our podcast, and I said, wouldn't it be amazing if he turns Tavon Austin into, like, an amazing running back? <laughs> like, because that's what Shinahan does. He just turns everybody good in the running back situation. And maybe that's what Tavon, Tavon Austin has been miscast his entire career. Uh, but, look, the, the running back situation, we've done this enough. Like, Mostert is the guy. Mostert could probably also burn you. Because Mostert's, going, M- Mostert's just straight up going too high. He's going number 47 in drafts. That is ahead of someone like DJ Chark. Give me Chark 100 times out of 100. And I completely agree with you, but there are so, and maybe it's because it's industry drafts or maybe, you know, we'll see this swing once more people are drafting, but I got Mostert for the same price as DeAndre Swift and cheaper than Matt Breida in an auction that I just recently did. Uh, so, and I got Mostert, I, this is my first two shares of Mostert because mostly I want nothing to do with this backfield just like you. I got him in like the sixth or the seventh round of a 14 teamer. Uh, again, it's not that I really want to, but at that point, now that risk is cooked into the price and you don't have to worry as much. But if it was Tevin Coleman at the end of the year, wouldn't it be a shock to any of us? The wide receiver situation you mentioned is Trent Taylor out of the slot. Seems like it has some value. I still would go Ayuk. Uh, Ayuk has better all around ability, but he is a rookie. He is stepping into a role where you have to look at it and say, all right, who's going to get the number one corner attention? Well, it's going to be Ayuk, and maybe they flip that corner over to Kittle and kind of treat him that fashion, like we've seen some teams do before, and then that could open up Ayuk a little bit. But to your point, like Taylor might be the safer, the volume guy because he's not going to get the number one attention. He's not going to get draw the covers that Kittle's going to get, and he can just kind of like run around, not unchecked, but essentially like the weakest coverage. Mostert's going ahead of David Montgomery too. I don't like Montgomery, but I would definitely take Montgomery ahead of Mostert. I would take Mostert, but I. I I don't think. How far is he going in front of him? Five picks. Ah, it's still yeah. I would and they're all going there. ahead of Terry McLaurin, which is just insanity. Well, that yeah, okay. Then that's the wide receiver versus running back discussion. But yeah, I would but definitely. But even so, take, just take just take, take just take good players. Take a good player instead of like a guy who might not play <laughs> half the time. Just take good players. Yeah, but I would take Mostert. I would take Mostert over 
I would take him over Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's like, uh, in here's this, the upside in this, of Mostert. In this situation, just take Lindsey instead of Gordon and take, like, Jarek instead of Moster. Maybe Jarek just turns out to be healthy and fine. Well, maybe you could take – I mean, Jarek is basically essentially free. Uh, but here's the upside of Mostert, Pat. Like, if he is the lead op- – and I know this is a big if with Shanahan. If he's the lead option for just 15 of the 16 games, he's going to probably be inside the top 12. Sure. No, I, I agree with you with that. I think that that situation unfolding is a very low probability. Which do you think is more likely that Phil Lindsay leads the backfield for the Broncos or Moster ends up as the most valuable 49ers running back? Lindsay leads the Broncos backfield. Okay. Raiders rookie wide receiver flying. Brian Edwards is getting first team reps over your guy. Henry Ruggs. You scared? No, I'm not at all. First team reps. We're going to keep doing this. Like Henry Ruggs was out there too. Just a week ago, everybody was showing the highlight catcher Ruggs in the end zone saying, oh, he doesn't only run deep uh, That was like, last week, Jake. No one cares anymore. <laughs> uh, if it didn't happen today, then I don't care. Now, look, the good thing about this is they essentially might have two rookies as their one and two because the Brian Edwards, here's the thing too, is Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, guess what? Aren't the same receiver. They're not even the same skill set. They completely, well, they complement each they, other. They have different names. I know they're not the same oh, guy. That is, that is true. Brian Edwards does sound more like that late round pick in Madden than Henry Ruggs does. That, that so is, that that is factual. I will give you that. Uh, so, but here's a good thing is like, there are already t- rumors that Tyrell Williams is going to be the third option. Yeah. I thought he was going to be the second option. I still think he's in the mix, but Brian Edwards is pushing Tyrell. He's not pushing rugs. Rugs is pushing for the number one attention from Derek Carr. Jaguars news. Josh <laughs> Oliver, the tight end oh, suffered, suffered a broken foot at practice on Monday. So he's going to be out for a while. That leaves. Tyler Eifert as the Jags starting tight end. They're going to have to throw. They're a terrible team. Like, all of their defensive line is out. They're going to give up a ton of points. They're going to be constantly chucking. I think this is good news for Minshew Walk uh, as a fantasy sleeper this year, especially with the with the running he gets up to. I think he's going to be pretty good as a last-round guy, as a streamer, second quarterback in a two-quarterback league. Let's go, Gardner. Fire yourself up. But do we <laughs> want any Eifert? Oh. Uh. Nando does. Oh, Nando God. Defino, okay, pa- okay, pass, pass then. Pass. If Nando wants him, I know. <laughs> this, this was before Josh Oliver even got hurt. He but was did, right what, what, was, like, what was that case then? I, I, I... I'm going to tell you the case. I'm gonna t- it's, really co- it's very simple. It's who the offensive coordinator is. It's Jay Gruden. And Jay Gruden likes to use his tight ends. And that was his case. That's how Eifert played 16 games. Actually, if you ask probably 100 people, I wouldn't be so shocked if like 70 of them said that Tyler Eifert didn't play 16 games last year. But he did. Uh, but that was his argument. Jay Gruden, a passing offense uh, that's the targeting the tight end. And that's where the Tyler Eifert value comes from. I, like I thought he was a little bit crazy when he said it. And I'm still not that on with Tyler Eifert. Mostly because of Tyler Eifert at this point of his career, even if he is playing another 16 games, we just saw how terrible he looked over 16 games. He has definitively lost a step. Uh, but, you know, like, what are you going to do here? D.D. Westbrook can absorb the middle of the field. Chris Conley still outside. Like, I just feel like, what are we hoping for? At best, he's fourth because he gets ahead of Chris Thompson in the passing game. That's my concern here is, like, where does Tyler Eifert check in? I feel like he checks in fifth in targets. Uh, what are you doing with your boy, uh, Shenholt? Is he going to be the wide receiver, too? <laughs> Chenault? Uh, yeah, uh, look... 
I don't know if he'll be the wide receiver too in the passing game. I actually don't think he will be to start, but I think he might be in touches because they've already talked about manufacturing him touches at the back, like Debo Samuel. I think that's the usage you could see for Chenault as a rookie. Uh, and at that point, you he would be the number two value on this team. Okay. Next news item, the Raisins, the California Raisins, or the Baltimore Ravens, I always get them confused, are expected to bring in free agent wide receiver Des Bryant for a workout. Uh, Would you draft Des? Is this before signing or after signing? If, if he signs. If he signs, most, I would probably take him the same place I'm taking Miles Boykin as a late-round flyer because Miles Boykin... Uh, you know I like his talent. I think he's going to be touchdown volume, though. It's going to be, you know, one week, 30 yards, one week, 20 yards, next 70 and a touchdown. It's not going to be consistent. It's not going to be enjoyable. You know, I hate the best ball argument. Great in best ball. Everybody's great in best ball. I feel like these are more DK plays. I just want Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and really nothing else in the passing game, just because Lamar Jackson is similar to Josh Allen. They, like, they're, they're not going to throw for 4,000 yards. They're not going to throw for 30-plus touchdowns. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson might again. But you know, you're looking at that is that even if he does do that, it's going to be very touchdown-based. So, yeah, I would take Dez, but I would take Dez where I was taking Boykin, which means I'm probably not getting Dez. While I'm still getting Boykin, I'm not going to be getting Dez because people are going to go crazy for it. I, I don't know if people are going to be all in on that. It's just like Antonio Brown's going to do the rounds. Maybe he'll end up coming back. After do you not remember suspension. when Dez signed with the Saints? Saints? Yeah, then he like tore his quad or something, didn't he? Yeah, but at the same time, once he signed, people lost their damn minds. For yeah, him. that was different though. That was midseason. You could pick because him up it's for the free. Saints? You could. No, it was okay. the Saints. You could pick him up for free off the waiver wire. Like it's different when you're drafting a guy who's been out of the league for like three years now. Okay, so how about this? Let me throw one at you. Mm, how about Steve Sims or Des Bryant? Sims. Okay, that's fair. How about Paris Campbell or Des Bryant? Paris Campbell, the French is the receiver in the league. I will take him. Uh, Randall Cobb or Des Bryant? Cobb. I, I don't mm. like this passing game for the Ravens. I, you can like individual pieces fine, like Lamar, because yeah. he does more than just through the air, obviously. Mark Andrews, he's a focal point. But like I don't like Marquise Brown. I like him as a player. I would like to play him on DraftKings every third week, but I don't want him in my season-long fantasy football <laughs> lineup. Like He is being drafted right now at wide receiver, pick number overall number 63. The receivers in his range right now, Keenan Allen, Devontae Parker, T.Y. Hilton, Stephen Diggs, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. I would take all of those guys before Marquise Brown. I have all those guys in front of him, and I love Marquise Brown. I was su I'm surprised he's going that high. Well, I will disagree with you on one thing. I will have a lineup every single week where Marquise Brown is in it. I will play sure, him yeah, 16 just weeks. Play, the, play the Ravens stack lineup every single week. It's a smart move. But do you like because you want it to hit what once every four weeks? I think it'll hit more than that this year. I I think he'll be Deshaun Jackson for Deshaun Jackson's two-year peak, where you're going to get 12 out of 16 you'll be happy with. I mean, there's like, a, there, not, there is a chance that, like, this season Deshaun Jackson can outscore Marquise Brown. Mm, there is. I, I mean, that's another one you didn't even bring up. He still has his 4-3 speed running out there in practice. Of course. Guy, guy gets deep, then he'll pull his hand. I, how has he not pulled his hamstring yet? He pulls his hamstring, like, every year anyway. But apparently he's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's got that speed for days, man. I just, who are all these corners that are getting burnt already, already in like the first and second day of practice? That's what I want to know. Uh, it's, it's tough to run those drills, uh, run backpedaling and running backwards. It's much easier to run forwards in the offseason before you get into full contact drills. Lions news for you. Hmm. TJ Hawkinson said his ankle is still, quote, not 100% after rehabbing through the offseason. Does that put him behind, like, the fans, the Gesickis of the world to you? I think it does. I, I've been Herndon? campaigning for Hawkinson. What? Herndon? Yeah. No. I think so. I, like I said, I was, I've been com, com, um, campaigning for him this entire offseason. He was my breakout tight end for this year. And that was all with the assumption that would be ready by week one. It was, it was a shorter than normal layoff, but it was a very long layoff. And that's why when he says it's still not 100%, now I'm concerned because – You've had a lot of rehab time. Yeah, it was towards the end of the season, but it was still before the end of the season. So he has all like essentially most of December and now all of this year up to this point, And it's not a hundred percent. What's going to change from practicing today from week to, to week one, we have three and a half weeks. He's out there trying to practice and he's not because it's not like, I just don't see how it gets better. So as much as I still think he has top 10 upside, if he was healthy, I just think that now, yeah, I would take all of those guys, including Chris Herndon, who people wanted to draft as a top 10 tight end last year and then missed the season. And I think this kind of boosts Danny Amendola back up a little bit. Not that I'm excited for him, but again, you know, a deep flyer in Danny Amendola if you just need that wide receiver depth. Uh, the other running back news out of Detroit are three pieces, maybe four pieces if we really break it down. Carryon Johnson was spotted in a knee brace at training camp. Uh, said it, it's been said it quote remains to be seen how deandre swift fits into this offense also wes hillis cut jonathan williams signed by the lions so which means jonathan williams and bo scarborough are going to be like the two best running backs in detroit this year that's no, my conclusion means, from all of this <laughs> what 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 i took away from this is i hope enough people overlook the carry on johnson news and continue to overlook it because it didn't seem like it got a lot of attention I have a ton of DeAndre Swift, and I'm going to continue to have a ton of DeAndre Swift. I keep saying this whole argument about Jonathan Taylor, that this Jonathan Taylor could be this year's Miles Sanders. I actually would take DeAndre Swift before I took Jonathan Taylor because I think he has the quicker, clearer path to being the lead option in that backfield. Everybody's scared of Matt Patricia. I am. But Matt Patricia, I, look, but Matt Patricia used Carry on Johnson when Carry on Johnson was healthy. Matt Patricia tried to make Bo Scarborough a thing, but similar to Doug Peterson, he had Bo Scarborough and other pieces of junk back, Ty Johnson, all these pieces of garbage back there that he's been trying to make things. It's not that Matt Patricia is going to come out week one with all five of these guys healthy and be like, yes, every single one of them is getting 20% of the touches. Not, like, Give him an option like DeAndre Swift. He's going to use them. Uh, is it going to be 20 times every single week? No, that's not who DeAndre Swift is anyway. But you give him 15 to 18 every single week, DeAndre Swift is going to be an RB2, and I have a ton of them right now. All right, next news item. Saints left guard. Andres Pete suffered a broken thumb. It's considered questionable for week one. We do know that a big part of the Saints offense is how strong their offensive line is. Pete, one of the better guards in the league. Would this mm -hmm. worry you for Kamara at all? Uh, so I was looking and I, I pulled it up. It looks like they're, they would slide in Cesar Ruiz, who they drafted, who was thought of highly at guard if, if Pete is out for week one. So I'm not that concerned, honestly, because it's not we're not talking about potential pro bowler to like the dredges of the Bengals and the Giants. Like, that's the thing. So as long as Ruiz is the prospect who he's supposed to be, and I guess hopefully somebody covering the Saints starts to give us some good news that Ruiz looks like he's ready to start already and can handle the guard position from day one. 
Uh, but if they're starting to throw out questions and maybe another one gets hurt, then I'll be concerned. As of today, I'm not yet. I have two final news items, and you can tell me whether you care or you do not care about these. The Miami Herald considers Chester Rogers the leading candidate for the slot receiver job after Albert Wilson and someone else opted out. Who the hell was it? Opted out? Oh, Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns, that's right. Yeah. They, they've opted out, so now it's Chester <laughs> Rogers' season. Uh, so don't care. Also, just real quick before somebody says, well, actually, in your comments, it looks like... Ruiz why do you, care, why do you care about the comments so much? Because <laughs> I like the people to like appreciate what we're telling them. I mean, that's the point. Anyway, sounds like Ruiz might be a starter anyway at right guard. So that might change everything. So then I might be mildly concerned to go back to that. But now for this, I have zero concern about this because I don't care who the wide receiver three is. This is going to be funneled and it's going to be perfectly funneled for fantasy because it's going to be Parker, Williams, and Gasecki, and we're all going to be happy. Don't even waste your time racking your brain over who the third wide receiver is. Last news item from training camp that we can overreact to. Cordero Patterson <laughs> is in meetings with the running backs, not the wide receivers during <laughs> training camp, according to the NFL Network. Is this going to take time? Should we just draft him as the RB1 in Chicago? No, but this goes back to what you were saying before about David Montgomery. It should lead you a little bit concerned about that because he was used last year, and Tariq Cohen's still going to be involved in the passing game. No, so no. I, I, would, just... I would say this hurts Ice Cream Cohen more than anyone. It, well, it's like, it's more the fact that David Montgomery is not going to touch the ball 20 times every single week. Like he, unless he's going to do it in the carry department, he's not going to be as heavily involved in the passing game as like, I guess here's a good comparison. Everybody likes to complain about Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon only sees maybe three targets, maybe three, four, three, four a game. Uh, that's kind of Dave Montgomery. He might see two or three per game targets. He's going to have to do it all in the running game. The problem with David Montgomery is he's not as elusive as Joe Mixon. And you could argue He's not in as good offense. You know, maybe Nick Foles wakes this offense up, but, you know, at the same time, the Bengals' offense is a little bit more explosive at this point, and especially what we're assuming with Joe Burrow. It's Mixon versus Montgomery. Similar usage. Joe Mixon's a much better running back. That's why I'm concerned about David Montgomery. Yeah, I think it's a. I, I like the comparison, but you're also they're not going around nearly around each other. No, no, no. It's like they're not. I was you, just you, saying, like you're, don't you're get getting the you're getting the discount on Montgomery because everyone thinks he sucks. <laughs> yeah, but where you were earlier, where you say you would take David Montgomery, I still wouldn't. I still had David Montgomery slightly lower, and that was what I was going back to. Okay, so I two more news items have popped up since when we've been talking here, yeah, and anything that we, we didn't cover means it actually hasn't happened yet as we're recording <laughs> the show. Even though by the time you watch or listen to this, it may have happened in reality. The Athletics Mark Cabloy reports that Big Ben is throwing with quote nice velocity in practice and appears to be short arming, but appeared to be short arming passes in Monday's practice. Big Ben in or out? I'm in on Big Ben. I'm also in on you getting somebody from my own company's name right. It's Caboli. So can we can we do that? You'd be surprised how little I care. <laughs> I'm not. I know you well enough at this point. Uh, I, I'm in on Big Ben just for one reason. Just two years ago, 5,000 yards. And I don't think they're going to throw for 5,000 yards again, but it's still Big Ben who's going to continue to sling the ball as much as he always has. And that aggressive offense, the healthy James Conner, and a litany of options to be there is number two. I mean, he does have three wide receivers. Like, one of them should step up as the number two alongside Juju Smith-Schuster. And he's got Eric Ebron is already chirping on, you know, Twitter that he should be a top 10 tight end in fantasy. And, like, tongue-in-cheek aside, 
as long as Ben Roethlisberger is anything close to what he used to be, he's still one of the better fantasy options. And the good news here is like why I'm in on him. Cause what is he like the 18th quarterback off the board? Yeah. Like he's going in the same range. Like Cam Newton's going in. Cam Newton will start to climb. People he should, just he should, st- he should start to climb. <laughs> he, sh- I mean, he should be a lo- alongside like the low end QB ones. Yeah, I completely agree. Like take running. Co- Here's a tip for fantasy. In case you didn't know, take running quarterbacks. It's funny you said that. Uh, the fancy pros asked me to uh, do the underrated quarterback, and I said all non-running quarterbacks, and they're like, "Well, we need one name." I was like, "No, all non-running quarterbacks. Like any quarterback that doesn't run is overrated." I was just about to make a joke, but I've decided not to do that. Uh, Josh Reynolds, uh, Ravens play-by-play analyst JB Long noted Josh Reynolds has been a steady number three receiver ahead of Van Johnson at the start of camp. Do we care about this? Van Jefferson, yeah. Van so Jefferson, we don't, we yeah. don't care. Yeah, we can't even be bothered uh, we, to read his name properly. <laughs> we, I, we don't care because I don't think that was a. I guess people maybe thought that from the draft. I, this was Josh Reynolds' role as the number three. My interest. I thought you were going to lead this up with uh, that he was contending with Cooper Cup for snaps so far. Like that's that's again my concern with this offense is is Cooper Cup going to go back to ninety percent. Or is he going to fall into that 60 to 70% with Reynolds at that 30 to 40% at the end of the season, which we saw? Uh, that Josh Reynolds is the number three. Yeah, they got two spots, one cup. That's how this is going to work. So, two spots, one cup. There it is. Remember, that's a law. That's, that's going to become outdated soon where people aren't going to know anything what you're talking about. You mean something that happened like 15 years ago isn't already outdated? I'm just saying we're getting close to I'm talking about like kids not like the youths not knowing that's fine then they're gonna go look it up and react in horror don't look it up (laughs) (laughs) anyway Jake Seeley at all in kid on Twitter tell everyone what you got going on at theathletic.com oh this week I have fantasy football 101 I, I was interested I think yeah I guess we're Doing this so much, we assume a lot of people know a lot more and more advanced than they oh, are. Oh no, 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 people... no, no! People tune into the Pat Mayo Experience. No, but I'm gonna like I'm actually gonna be doing some instructional videos on how to gamble on the NFL, just because people like don't know what the so... minus in front of things means. And I, I'm with you. Sometimes I forget about that too because we just talk about it like it's you know old hat. But there's a lot right. of people like getting into either fantasy football. I think there's more people who need to understand how to bet on football than fantasy football at this point. But I acknowledge that there's still a lot of new people coming in. Yeah. I got a, quite a few questions like doing my first auction this year, or we're finally switching to fab and stuff like that. So and the one-on-one's coming out. And then the one after that, you keep talking about ADP. Uh, this was actually Nando's idea. They're going to do my rankings versus ADP, like where my biggest gaps are for like my guys versus where they're coming off the board. All right. Is he going to be like Tyler Eifert? Number one. <laughs> oh, of course. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I love you, Nando, if you're watching, which you're not. But just remember, I do love you. Um, podcast. Tell everyone where they can find it. Oh, that, yeah. All in sports. That's out there on all the things out there. And all even, the podcasts. Yeah, all the podcasting networks. And then the one at The Athletics, just The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. That's actually five days a week now. I'm on it twice. They've kind of just made it one show with a rotating cast of uh, characters. I don't even know. Yeah, cast of char- yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Remember, 
If you want Jake to read your comment, just write it, because apparently he's just trolling <laughs> the comments at 24-7, waiting to see what people say about him. And you can do that if you subscribe to the Mayo Media Network, which you can find the link to subscribe to that YouTube channel in the description of this podcast and video. Please go do that, do me the solid, and check that out. My entire draft kit, also in the description of this podcast and video. You can find my rankings up on DKNation.com. They will be updated to right now, all right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.